Considering the role technology will play in the future of education is now a key focus for school leaders. At Exertus Ireland, together with Microsoft, we're here to support schools every step of the way with powerful tools to help create brighter futures. Talk to us today about solutions for your school. Visit exertus.ie forward slash Microsoft Teaching and Learning. Exertus.ie forward slash Microsoft Teaching and Learning. It's all relative with Susan Bradley. A new original podcast series from News Talk. Welcome to It's All Relative. So today, my guest is a sibling of someone incredibly well-known in the world of sport. Having been put in touch with herself over the last few months, we've had a couple of chats um, on the phone and regaled about childhood, the dynamic of family, and of course the impact of having someone within the family who's absolutely scaled to the highest level of their sport. We both have talked about the highs and lows that come with such success from injury to opportunity and a word that we all find truly bizarre, the word fame that comes with it all. Today I am speaking to Cecilia Shefflin, older sister of Henry. I hope it's okay that I've mentioned that she's older. Uh, Henry, obviously, is one of the most regarded and greatest hurlers of all time, bar none. But today, the story is about Cecilia. Her own life, her own thoughts and insights, and naturally, the chat will include growing up within the Shefflin household. You're very welcome, Cecilia. Oh, thank you, Susan. I'm delighted to be here. And so are we. And thank you so, so much uh, for coming on the programme. I suppose there's loads of different ways we can start our chat. But when you and I were talking um, over the last number of weeks and months, you sent me some photographs, which I asked you to do um, of as kids, um, which we will talk about a little bit later on. But you also sent us the most amazing short speech about being part of the Shefflin family as, pa- as part of Toastmasters in Kilkenny. And I thought it being such a unique thing, it would be a great way to start. Would you mind sharing a little bit of it with us? No, that's, yes, I am happy to do so, Susan. So yeah, just a bit of context, Toastmasters is, um, I'm sure many, many of your listeners would be aware of what it is, but it's about someone coming in and gaining the confidence to speak in front of a group of people. Um, so as part of that, you kind of do an introductory speech. And then this was this is actually 2010. So it's hard to believe that it's back almost almost 11 years ago that I wrote it. Wow. So anyway, what happened is that there was the second speech and that I needed to do. And even though I would be so comfortable talking one on one to people, um, I, there was there was this real kind of nervousness about what I would speak about anyway mm. so I'm just going to get to it um, and what I would have done on that day is I probably would have had a PowerPoint presentation and with a picture of my brother and maybe a picture of me so I think the the speech will probably give give the, the context there's no more required so I'll take it from the top so it started with thank you Madam Toastmasters and good evening fellow Toastmasters and guests I'd like to thank you all for coming along tonight and for giving me this opportunity to present my second speech in becoming a competent communicator. So I'm sure many of you are in complete suspense as to what I'm going to speak about tonight. The pictures before you giving nothing away. 
For me, the most difficult aspect of any speech is to choose a suitable topic. I've spent many hours over the last month researching and thinking about what to speak to you about tonight. The manual says that a good topic is one that will at least maintain the audience attention. It was for this reason that I've chosen to speak about my connection with my well-known younger brother, who's affectionately known as King Henry. Henry's reputation precedes him. His success is beyond question, but it is my intention tonight to convey to you, Kilkenny Toastmasters, that my life, my simple life, has many advantages over that of my high-profile brother. So first and foremost, I can live my life in whatever way I choose. I can live my life free from the scrutiny of others. Now, while Henry doesn't garner the same level of attention as many of our so-called celebrities, he might kill me for that, he does attract a high level of interest by the local media and many hurling supporters the length and breadth of the country. On any given day, I can walk down the streets of Kilkenny, comfortable in the knowledge that I won't be stopped, ask for an autograph, an opinion, a word. I can choose to stop at a petrol station in Carlow and know that the only decision I need to make is how much diesel to put in the car or should I get myself a treat or not. I know that the busload of Kilkenny supporters en route to an All-Ireland Under-21 final in Crow Park won't descend the bus and surround me for a word, a smile or a picture. I can go out on any Saturday night in Kilkenny and enjoy the company of my friends and all the fun that that entails. I don't have to be concerned about being interrupted by well-meaning people inquiring about the prognosis of my injured knee or Kilkenny's chances in next year's championship. These are some simple luxuries that my brother cannot afford. He is a public person and with that comes responsibilities that an ordinary person like you or me do not have to consider. I can choose to live a life without constantly having to achieve high standards and live up to my own and other people's high expectations. To be at the level of success of my brother Henry and other high-achieving sports people requires focus so single-minded, so determined that other interests must be relegated. I don't have to train three nights a week, spend my free time at weekends hitting a slitter at my parents' gable end wall, or to spend hours practicing frees and 65s in our local hurling pitch. I can come to Toastmasters on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. I can call a friend, watch TV, or simply do nothing if I so choose. I can spend my free time developing other interests and passions. I don't have to wake up on All-Ireland Sunday and know that the expectation of an entire county rests on my shoulders. I don't have to worry about consistently achieving high standards of performance. I can be mediocre and nobody comments. Henry, meanwhile, has to listen to the comments of the experts on the sidelines, sometimes the abuse of opposing fans. Surely the very knowledge of it being okay to be average is in itself an advantage. My time is my own. Since 1999, my brother has trained three nights a week, year in, year out. He has spent his weekends either playing hurling matches or sizing up the opposition. He, as many of you know, has achieved tremendous success for this dedication. He has amassed in this period nine All-Stars, seven senior County All-Ireland medals, four senior club finals. The roll call goes on. How would one not want this level of success, I hear you ask? Well, since 1999, I've lived and worked in London. I've got to experience the rich and diverse cultures of India, Burma and Vietnam. 
I have explored the ruins of Angkor Wat in Cambodia. I've watched the sunrise on some of the most highest peaks in the world in stunning Nepal. I've enjoyed mulled wine over lunch in the ski slopes of the European Alps, a sport my brother could never enjoy for fear of a broken bone or limb. I can choose to take my holidays when I want, be that Nice in July or the Canaries in May. Henry, meanwhile, plans his holidays, indeed his own wedding around the heavy hurling fixtures calendar. On September the 30th of this year, I flew to Sydney, Australia. I later climbed the Sydney Harbour Bridge, the picture you see before you here tonight. On this same day, my brother began his torturous road to recovery following his recent knee surgery. He wasn't taking in the breathtaking views of Sydney Harbour and the infamous Opera House. No, his sole focus was on getting himself right and fit for next year's championship. Hours of painstaking physio, pain and endurance lay before him. He would not have it any other way. His love of his sport requires this level of dedication. For me, the path I believe is easier. My biggest concern for next year is deciding on a destination for next year's holiday. My brother has brought immense pride to our family. I believe he has also brought intense joy to many hurling supporters the country over. He is a great ambassador for his sport and for high achieving sports people the world over. His dedication and focus are beyond compare and is not in question. However, tonight I want to convey to you that this level of success does not come without a cost. It is for this reason that I ask you whose life would you rather? For me, the answer is simple. Give me my life without the paparazzi, without the high level of expectation and the ability to do what and when I want. I say, give me my life, my simple life, any day. That was unreal. I was actually, as I was listening to that, shaking my head, nodding my head, sorry, um, a lot because so much of that resonated with me. Um, that's yeah. fantastic. Well done. Yeah. There's so much that we could talk about and, and pick um, out of, of what you've said. But I suppose for the purpose of our, of our chat today, Cecilia, will we go back to the start um, and I suppose talk about your childhood and what it was like growing up in Kilkenny? So um, Manny, or maybe not, um, or where I, my parents had a pub in um, a little village in South Kilkenny, kind of halfway between Waterford and Kilkenny. And this was before the motorway. Um, and we grew up in the pub, but there was a huge um, GAA um, involved in the village that we were from. So there were a very well-known family, the Fenleys, there were seven brothers. So they, a number of them all made it onto the inter kind of county scene. Mm. Um, the, the local team itself were very successful within Kilkenny, um, primarily because of that big family. But I suppose for us, you know, I've distinct memories of even 1984. Uh, I'm really giving away my age, <laughs> but, you know, um, People and at that time, um, you know, everyone was driving to the matches, and they, it was kind of like a rite of passage, certainly for South Kilkenny people, to call back to Shefflands and have a drink. And you know, I can see people. We have this small little television up in the corner, and I can just see all the people um, standing up in seats. So it was really integral, I guess, to who we were as a family. So. Mm. Not only did we have the bar, but that it was very much a GEA bar. So if you went deeper into South Kilkenny, Munkai and Kilmacow, 
all those people would call into the pub afterwards. Um, and it was in Ballyhale, so was it? It was in, yeah, it was yeah. the main street of Ballyhale. We had the pub there until 97. So we grew up with that. Um, Big family? Yeah, Susan. So I'm one of seven and I am fifth in the family. Um, Henry is six. So it starts with my eldest sister, Aileen, another sister, Helena. Then I have two older brothers, Tommy and John. And then there's a gap between myself and Henry of five years. And then it's Henry and Paul. So it's kind of like there's two families, really, the older ones and Henry and Paul. And I kind of straddled both, I guess. Yeah. So, so yeah. And, and and I had all I was also just saying as soon a right another rite of passage in our as soon as you could see over the counter, you were working behind the bar. <laughs> so we lived in the bar and we lived in the bar. We worked in the bar. There was no kind of separation at all. Brilliant. Everyone had their jobs to do and what have you. Yeah. Noticing that you're the third youngest and the fifth eldest as such. Do you find that where you come in the family plays uh, I suppose a part and who you are who you become how you are with everybody um we we discussed this Susan and I think in, in your own family there's three of you and you're like the the middle, middle child family. um yeah <laughs> I'm the middle child in many ways as well but we've got a bit more of other end um I think for me because I straddled both sides of the family I do think there was the older and I'm I fit in with them and then I kind of fit it in a little bit with Henry and Paul. But I would say my oldest sister certainly took on the role as kind of like the minder and would still have aspects of that in her own character today. Always Alien, looking out for yeah. people, the more muttering aspect. And I would say certainly in our family that, you know, Henry and Paul came at a later kind of stage they would have, you know, there was there wouldn't have been a lot of family holidays, probably none in, in for for the older ones. And yet then when Henry and Paul came, there was a bit more family holidays. Actually, a smaller family holiday would be myself, Henry and Paul that would go. Yeah. Um, I, I can't. I mean, I think what's most interesting for me is that we, you know, there's seven siblings, but we're all quite different. You know, yeah. you can see similarities in in the family that you're brought up with um and then there's lots of differences it's, so, ex- it's, it's exactly uh, the same as us we, we we are all so different in our household it's gas we're all from the same um parents but yet you know the dna is is completely different it's gas isn't it yeah 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 it's it, it is interesting um i suppose to even look at it like that yeah I suppose if we go on and talk about sport, because obviously it's it's such a, a, a relevant and integral part of of our chat. Like, did did sport play a huge role within your family from the get go? Sport and hurling primarily, because yeah. it, it was the GEA here, um, the schools everything was about you know hurling so the principal of the national school which I would have gone to as well it was all about you know winning school leagues and then all of my brothers then would have gone to Kieran so you know and that would have been important I think um for my father um because in that was very much a, a GAA kind of school yeah um so from a very young age yeah particularly the boys now my 
one of my older sisters, Helena, was actually very good at camogie. So it was important. It was everything. That's what we did. You know, people walked around and played, you know, at the back of the pub. There might have been a hurling pitch up there and we would play with with the hurls and slishers. So it was very much huge in the house, but it was primarily hurling that it was. Yeah. And I suppose being from such a large family, like did anybody show promise from the early days? You know, obviously Henry has gone on to scale. Like yeah. The, the huge well, actually, heights. my older brother, John, yeah. um, and I often have definitely heard my father say on more than one occasion, but he was probably the most skillful. Um, and he would have played minor for Kilkenny. Now, my other brother, Tommy, also played underage. So they had kind of come along before Henry and they were breaking into the inter-county scene at a younger age, like the minor under 21. And I believe that Tommy also might have got a run out with the county team, but he didn't kind of maintain his place there. Okay. So, you know, they were heavily involved and at a young age, they were also on the Shamrock uh, club team as well. Okay. Um, so yes, and I suppose with 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 Henry, when did he start to show, you know, promise? Yeah, like Henry would have, and, and I believe Susan that Henry was a late developer in many ways. Like I would have heard of different Kilkenny hurlers who, at a young age, you know, at under fourteen, you'd hear about, oh, like there's this chap, Chaffetz Patrick he is going to go on to great things. So I certainly don't ever remember hearing of Henry in that regard. Um, my first awareness came when he broke onto the, was it the under 21 team with um, Kilkenny? Right. But he he certainly, there was a time where there was a disappointment where he wouldn't have made a Kieran's College team. And that would have, you know, that would have been seen as something that would be almost where he, he needed to kind of be. So he was definitely a little bit older, 16, 17, before I could, I started to hear, God, he's pretty good, you know. There's huge, um, there's huge similarities there with Brian. I mean, Brian failed to make the SCT team in school. Um, he was quite short and he'll be delighted to hear me saying that. But he grew, I think, five or six inches in one summer, which made a colossal difference. Um, but like that, he was a bit of a late developer too. Um, yeah. I suppose, you know, would I be right in saying one of the things our brothers have in common, they have loads of things in common, by the way. Do you know they were both born in January 1979? I do. I, yeah. I'm aware of that. Yes. Um, Henry's, I think, 10 days older than Brian. Um, somebody told me that January is a great year, a great month to be born. Um, for the success of underage, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that, but it makes total sense. Um, but going back to the guys, you know, Brian, Brian was very sporty growing up, and my mum tells stories of, you know, um, GEA managers and football local team managers knocking on the door saying, "We've seen your son play. Is there any chance he could come along?" to you know to be part of our team but I, I suppose the O'Driscoll family growing up was you kind of played any sport that came along and so long as you enjoyed it and kept at it you know particularly mm. if you committed to a team was important um, but one of the things that Brian and I'd say Henry have too is this huge drive this focus 
this discipline and the fact that they just backed themselves. They had huge faith in themselves. Uh, even mm. like yourself and I, we have our insecurities that come in and out and wonder, are we doing the right thing or whatever? But was that the case with Henry? Yeah, like I think, and Susan, that for him and and from what I'm hearing from what you're sharing about Brian as well, that, you know, the, the edge that they both gained you know, was because of this dedication. So there was obviously an inherent skill there, but to raise them up to the top of their game wasn't just that, it was the work ethic and the determination and the single-mindedness of it. And I remember, you know, I would have known, say, with Henry throughout the matches, like, say, Kilkenny were to win, I would know if his game was a little bit below par for his standards, that he would be quite disappointed, not just, you know, in his, in his own self. So there was this continual drive to want to be the best on every occasion that he went out. So yeah, very, and I'm not sure where that drive kind of came from, you know, Mm. um, But it's just something that was there. And and it does sound like that they both had that similar drive to, I can do this, to be be the very best best. that they could be. Yeah, and I completely resonate. Like when when we used to meet Brian after games, even if they had had a victory and he didn't have a particularly great game, he'd be quite like really hard on himself. And as a family member, that's kind of hard to understand sometimes unless you are the actual person. Um, it's just so interesting to kind of hear it from another sibling. You, you mm. know, we see it from a completely different perspective. I think the public see this, the accolades, the success. They don't see the the hard graft of Henry practicing night in, night out. Like, would he have spent like nights and days practicing against the gable wall growing up? Yeah, I mean, when we were in the pub in the village of Ballyhale, there was next door were um, Welsh's and there was a big gable end there. My father also had played a lot of squash. I never hadn't mentioned that. Okay, yeah. He was quite a good squash player in his in his day yeah. and was really interested in it as we were young growing up. And he actually built a squash court at the back of the pub. So... Henry would also be in there, but it would be Henry and Paul, like with the hurling ball up against the wall. So they had this kind of their own little practice ground or there would be other kind of kids from the area kind of in there playing as well. Now they might also be cooking, kicking a soccer ball around too. So yeah, like I've, then my parents sold the pub in 97 and they built a house um, still very close to the village, but a little bit away. And I have, you know, Henry would come down and this was probably after he had married. Um, he would still come down and use that gable end of that. So pure dedication and down in the hurling pitch. So I would say that Henry's life for the duration of his profession or his his not professional, sorry, um, Kilkenny career would have been everything was around that now I know he got married within it he got married in 20 2007 and then started having kids Mm. um but any spare time Susan would certainly have been either down in the local hurling pitch down in my parents house um or you know in the gym 
you know, so he did all of the work he did with the intercounty team. So they would have their training nights, but he still, for those other times, he was still practicing. Same, did same you did you say something similar with Brian? Yeah, I did. Like he used to practice on Christmas Day. Like what? Like <laughs> who does that? Uh, well, what age? What age was he? That was this as a small person, yeah, a small I think, boy. I think so. Yeah, like God, it mustn't have been much crack in our household if he was going out practicing. But um, yeah, probably ten or eleven, twelve, maybe just for a little yeah. while. But he, he's mentioned like you know. He just had this uh, want and desire to, well, mm. he loved ball games. He actually only came to rugby when he when he joined Willow Park, which was just before Blackrock College. Um, but just football, golf, tennis. Myself and my sister used to play hockey uh, in mm. school, not at a high level. We, we were all, we all loved sport, but Brian clearly had skill from the get-go. But he used to pick up our hockey sticks and just like dribble. Like he had been, you know, coached for years. It was just a natural ability. Ability. But it was yeah. this drive and love of sport that I think and discipline mm. that got him, to, as you said, gave him that edge, you know. Um, it's funny, yeah. you know, you you mentioned, you know, Henry went on to get married. And one of the things you, you mentioned in your Toastmaster speech was um, family occasions having to work around the calendar of yes. GA. I totally get that. It's no coincidence that my sister and I both got married in August. And uh, Brian got married in But July. that's not the rubby scene. That's that's prime time for the GA yes. scene because <laughs> Yes. Well, we 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 kind of said, well, if we want Brian there, which clearly yeah. we did, uh, and yeah. be able to kind of let loose, uh we got married in 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 the summertime. It's so funny, isn't it? That like that is gas because Henry got married in March, um, <laughs> which would be kind of like county and club scene would be over. But a brother of mine got married. My youngest brother, Paul, got married in August. And there is a little story around this. Um, his Paul's wife is from Kemir and, you know, she wanted a summer wedding in Kemir, But um, Kilkenny, whatever way the draws went. And I know that Paul, they would have looked at the kind of calendar and went, OK, it's a summer wedding. There is a chance that Kilkenny could get to the later stages. Kilkenny did get to the later stages of the All-Ireland that year. And they're in a semi-final that Sunday in Crow Park, right? So Paul's best man was Henry. And uh, Henry then had to make his way the following day. Um, and what they did is, yeah, they organised. They got a, because Ken Mayer is a long trek. So they got a, there was a helicopter at the disposal to kind of bring him back up to, um, to Kilkenny, just to not be sitting in a, for a car. So yeah, that was definitely something we were all roll, like, huh? oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> that it had happened. But yes, imagine. Yeah. I think, and, and that's just how it is. You know, there's only the small window that they can actually have some free time. Totally. There isn't a lot of time there. Well, there wouldn't have been. Yeah, and um, also you mentioned back. like Henry would never have skied. Brian would have been the same. It just was a no-no during his career because God forbid he broke a leg or got injured. It's there's lots of things they couldn't do. Um, you know, going out with the lads, having the crack was very minimal, and yeah, mm. just you know, food and nutrition, but, particularly the latter years, was was huge for them as well. And and I don't think they probably well, I certainly. I, I, from Henry, I don't believe he would have seen that as a big sacrifice. 
it's yeah. it was a choice and was what he wanted to do I want to be at the best yeah that I can be and if that requires me curtailing nights out and yeah. you know so I suppose I can't understand what it's like to be in that mindset because I've never you know played sport at that level but I guess for anyone that does choose to to go down that road um there's there's a lot of discipline and dedication required most certainly totally and I suppose you know looking at his accolades you know 10 All-Ireland medals I mean regarded as one of the greatest hurlers of all time how does that kind of sit in in the family how clearly there's no King Henry crack at home I actually did read I read his book before our chat and I love the line he said he's so modest he says I'm king only in a world of media make believe which I thought was brilliant um Brian would also be the same very modest and kind of play all that stuff down which I think really makes the guys who they are but in your own family like if you all get together the seven kids all the kids your mum and dad you know how how is it I nearly know the answer to this but how is the dynamic amongst you all oh like there's there's really no um Henry's not on any he's in the same playing fields as all of us he's you know he's just one of the family and you know I think within the family environment you know he probably would have always liked to have certainly during his playing days Susan to have come to the home house there wouldn't be any talk much talk about the game that was about to come or about the team that's been picked because there was like this kind of unwritten code that you're kind of going I'm not going to bother him with this we're not going to bother him with this you know just come in and I'd say he always found there was there was a bit of respite there particularly you know there would have been certain times that maybe this home house and his his own home house was kind of only where he got respite because just before this morning actually I was just thinking of our talk and I was trying to remember about that time when did that happen that he had a cruciate injury, you know, and he had a cruciate injury in 2010. I think he writes about it in his book. Mm. And there was just this intense media speculation about it because he, he, he started working with this guy called Jared Hartman down in Limerick in UL, who would have worked a lot with the Munster rugby team. And he was, he believed that he could, fix this mm. in a kind of a not standard you know way rather than go to surgery and at that time I, I went to a training session in in Nolan Park and it was just before so it was 2010 it was before the All-Ireland it was all this speculation going on that oh my god Henry Sheffield is going to come out and he's going to be able to walk it was like you know Nazareth <laughs> it was just like Jesus Nazareth and there was there was eight thousand people at a training session in Kilkenny. Like when so I think intense. of that time, yeah. it must have been surreal for him. It was actually nearly surreal for me to kind of look on and go, "This is just madness." Now, as it happened, um, he did start that All Ireland, but within ten minutes, the knee went. Yeah. So he kind of he confirmed what a lot of the medics had said. 
but like that time can you imagine walking around when that is going on and every man woman and child around the whole of Kilkenny are going is this going to happen this is going to happen no totally um, and, and as you so, said you know that the house is almost this safe haven and stuff and there's no certainly when we all get together it there's there's okay, there's chat about rugby and what's going on in terms of, you know, happening in the world of sport. But, oh my goodness, we never talk, you know, detail about anything. What's he kind of like as as a brother to to you? Is there anything, for example, the public mightn't see that you think makes him who he is? Mm. (laughs) Um, Put me on the spot, Susan. Um, As a brother, Henry is... Yeah, I, I think that his achievements and successes are part of who Henry is now as an adult. Not that he's going around living on glory, but that those traits that made him so strong and have that leadership on the pitch would also translate into his personal life. Um, mm. Something that has you know, come to mind is, is in my own direct experience, you know, I would have um, been diagnosed with cancer back in 2014. And, you know, I needed somebody that was going to be able to kind of help me to talk to the consultants, but it was Henry that would have stepped up to the mark um, and brought that more kind of calmness, um, you know, whether it's him driving me up to, to an appointment in Dublin you know, just kind of let me just kind of relax as best as I can and, and him kind of taking ownership. So you see that that kind of leadership on the field translated into some leadership when like there's a kind of a family crisis. When the chips are down, he's there to very much. Yeah, step that, that's that example. But that's not to say that the, my other my other family members are there, but it may be in a, in a, in a slightly different way, you know. Um, so I see that. I see him as he's um yeah he's 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 very loyal as a person so family is very important to him his own family and then his sibling family his kind of birth family so that would be really important to him um he's very interested in what is going on with all of us yeah so that that would be huge the family loyalty yeah um that leadership um coming back to him when the chips down what you said about henry being loyal and um being great in family situations completely resonates with me i think while no particular situation comes to mind brian's one of these guys who will always step up to the mark if need be. He's a great listener and don't want to give him too big a head now and thank God forbid, but he's just somebody that I too would go to if I needed advice or something to mull over with. Um, mm. So I totally I totally get that. And I just yeah. think it's, it's really interesting from a sibling point of view how mm. people wouldn't wouldn't know that certainly my experience even dealing with Henry you know I I work with Brian I work as his commercial manager um I was dealing with Henry for for something recently I you know he's going to be cringing about this but I found him to be such a gentleman and really accommodating and you know I'd 
genuinely think that's a testament to the Shefflins and you and I have had some great crack. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I think taking on board what you said about, you know, the three girls, the four boys all being really, really different, you know, certainly you um you are very much your own person and so proud of Henry, but very much stand on your own two feet and have your own life and revel in the fact that you're a Shefflin family member, but at the same time, you're Cecilia and you're doing your own thing. I'm laughing, actually. I'm thinking of the Shefflin family. <laughs> Certainly, our family anyway. And I'm Susan, I'm sure your own are the same. Yeah, you're absolutely delighted with the success, but you're also aware that, you know, we're talking about just other human beings and that we all have, you know, a little purpose. It is wonderful to be associated and there was many great occasions yeah. um, up in Crow Park winning All Ireland's and, and to be part of all of that was was wonderful. Um, but certainly the grounding comes from the family and that's just who we are as people, that there wouldn't be any sense of, you know, that there's there's uniqueness or specialists because there isn't you know it's just who we are as people and I think that's testament I don't think anyone will really really be successful Susan if they do attach to that yeah, you know completely. notion of themselves as being something above because that's not real um so for them to be who they are is 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 part of them being just honest hard-working and um all around decent people mm. and, and 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 that comes across whether you're you know when you're on the playing pitch I imagine um but there is one funny thing I wanted to mention there a few years ago um there was a song um about every day I'm shuffling right but they did a take on it in Kilkenny and was every day I'm shuffling yeah. and there was a t-shirt there was t-shirts printed so I rocked up to One All Ireland and I, I absolutely loved it I got, I got more of a kick of it than anyone else I think because I was able to wear the t-shirt every day I'm shuffling so I was like well I am you know I but know it was it. totally taking kind of you know the funny side of it I, I, I certainly wouldn't see us being any different you know Every day I'm shuffling is exactly like uh, waltzing O'Driscoll that uh, the fans were chanting around a stadium with Brian like it's it's so bizarre isn't it I, I suppose it, here, here's a question um, when people hear you're a shefflin when your name when your surname comes up does anybody kind of go still... are you are you <laughs> Yeah. And, and it's funny because as I've been, you know, speaking, getting organized to talk with you, Susan, I've referred to you as Brian O'Driscoll's sister, which is like, I'm kind of going, no, it's Susan Bradley. So for many years, it's always been Henry Sheffin's sister. Is she Henry Sheffin's sister? And I'm like, no, no. Uh, uh, one friend had said to me before, you just say to him that Henry Shefflin is Celia Shefflin's brother. You know, let's just change totally. the narrative on it. <laughs> um, but yes, you do get it quite a bit. And it's a unique enough surname um, because it was Shefflin, I think, way back. And my grandfather, somehow it changed. So any kind of Shefflin you do meet are kind of, we're all really connected. And then I suppose if you're ever talking to someone, you say Kenny Shefflin, it will come up a lot. Of course. You know? are, do you look like him? Does he well, look that's like another, <laughs> Does he look like me? Exactly. Well, that's another thing because years ago I worked in VHI. I think this is really funny. And I'm sitting there, right, uh, on a headset. And this girl that worked opposite me, 
went home and said to her husband they were watching a Kilkenny game now this is going back like 2004 and she was like do you know what Tommy she said there's a girl that sits opposite me in work and she's the spitting image of Henry Shefflin she she didn't know the connection um I'd say had only started and I mean I thought it was very funny because she had he would have had a helmet on him when she was looking so <laughs> I, I don't I don't necessarily um see it no I think my older sister Helena a lot a lot of people would say that they're very very similar but maybe for kind of strangers and stuff that they might go oh there is a resemblance all right I have the red hair but like I said to you Susan I'm definitely better looking definitely <laughs> it's, it's, it's gas because Brian and I look very similar um you do which I don't know do. is that an insult for me to sorry Brian to look like a rugby player and then before I got married obviously the name when it came up but I remember a funny situation. We were just finished, I think it was the 2005 Lions Tour in New Zealand and we were all leaving and obviously that was the year that Brian got spear tackled and wasn't mm-hmm. a great tour for him but he ended up staying on for the tour. Um, so we all were there but we were leaving New Zealand and we were in um, the airport and we were sitting down and there was lots and lots of fans there um, and a guy was reading an article about Brian opposite me as we were waiting to board our flight and he just looked up and saw me and looked down at the photograph on the uh, article and kind of just made this eye ca- contact with me going is it is, are, are you related type of thing you know back and forth and yeah. I just gave him an old yeah and I knew exactly what he was talking about he never asked uh-huh. me I never uh-huh. I just gave him a nod and that was it and it was real because we looked so similar, oh. we were on the tour and so on. So there's stuff like that comes up every so often. I, I would occasionally mm. have booked somewhere in Dublin and I'd say, what's the name of Driscoll? Any relation? It's like, what? Yeah. It's so weird, isn't yeah. it? We don't want our yes. brothers to be getting too big ahead now, Cecilia, on this, you know? Uh, Is there anything you want to slag him about before we get <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um... <laughs> We, I'll, I, I, I'll do one. This is so ironic. Julie and I used to say to Brian, "Go on, sign your name in the air," and he used not be able to do it very well. I mean, the irony of it all now is, you know, people. Oh my god! Yeah, like how weird is that as kids? Because there was Julie, mm. myself, and Brian, so he was our baby brother, and we'd torment him and get him to dance on the spot and stuff. Like, oh, yeah, it was wow, families, huh? I know, I know. And what I would have been kind of saying to you as well is that I suppose, you know, there was no really Henry when we were younger. It was Henry and Paul. They just were a pair and did everything together um, because they came close enough and there had been that gap with me. So it was always Henry and Paul, Henry and Paul. You just say it in the one word, you know, so they went up. They did. I think you've got a picture there, Susan, of them doing the homework together. They'd always go upstairs to go to bed together. Yeah. Um, yeah. Together. And, 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 and certainly I can't, you see, I, I think from, from what I can recall as a young, I never thought, you know, it was only as I was like in my early 20s or, you know, late teens, I realized, oh, actually, maybe this guy is. Because when I went to college in Waterford, everybody kind of would, they knew I was from um, Ballyhale and that was all hurling. There was all that kind of usual banter about, you know, inter-county rivalry and stuff, which was all good fun. But at that time, Henry didn't exist, you know, so, mm. well, he did exist, <laughs> but he wasn't, um, 
at that level because he was a few years behind me but it was you know they knew I had brothers Tommy and John who were very much involved um so yeah it was kind of an integral part of of my kind of growing up as well whether it was just the banter just around the whole hurling scene and and stuff and now obviously um Henry has his own family clearly he's married to Deirdre and has five kids very much a family man absolutely yep he is a hands-on family man. In fact, I don't know, Susan, how he manages it all. I think he could do with someone like you to look at, to manage the whole thing um, because he's just busy. So he's got a busy work environment. He's still very much involved in training teams. And yeah, he's got five children ranging from the eldest um, is Sive, right down to the youngest, who's Tom. So Sive is 13, five. So Wow. It's busy. He's a busy life. Um, and I personally am not sure how he manages to keep all the balls in the air. Um, but he does. And well, he, he does so admirably. Behind every man is a strong, capable, amazing woman. So I would put that down to Deirdre. <laughs> ah, yes, of course. And, and, and Henry would say the exact same. She does. He's, ah. he's very lucky. To well, in fairness, in fairness, they, they, I'd say he is a fantastic father. I, I, you, you sent a photo in of, I absolutely love it, of him with Sive in 2012. Do you want to maybe talk a little bit about that before we finish up? I just think it really is such a gorgeous photo and we can pop it on the website just for people to to look at it it's a it's captured an amazing moment it certainly did and that was 2012 and I think he also his yes I was there and sure she's she's upset because of the noise and sure she's no concept of what's actually happening here and I included it Susan because I think for me um the 2012 they beat Galway in the All-Ireland but there had been a, a drawn game probably yeah. a week before that, that really was a standout moment for me because, you know, he had all these accolades, but it was that occasion that drawn all Ireland against Galway. So they were losing one in at halftime. Um, Galway looked in like Crow they were going to beat him. In Crow Park, yes. Yeah. And Henry came out in that second half. And, and I think all the pundits would agree. So I'm not saying it, but I saw it with my eyes where I went, oh my God, he almost, he did. He didn't almost, he did single-handedly. It felt like he just dragged, you know, the the victory. He just went, I am getting this. We are going to win this. And it was, it was, it was a sight to behold. And that was probably... For me, as a sister, as a sibling of his, a day where I went, Jesus, he's actually, that's pretty, pretty impressive because it was the kind of leadership, the skill, the distribution of the ball. And Kilkenny were clearly losing that All-Ireland. And then, so the photo you're looking at was the replay. He brought them back to a replay. Um, You know, I know it's a team of 15, but I really feel that that day he orchestrated the team to come with him and we'll get this over the line. And they subsequently won that All-Ireland. So I suppose the reason I'm mentioning it is because that was the day. It was that performance that I was kind of like, he is pretty good, even though I don't. But yeah, I really did. So yeah, that's that was a, a great moment, a great day, and certainly a day I, as his sister, was very proud. Wow. Well, 
what a what a finisher for our, our chat, Cecilia. Thanks so, so much for chatting today. Um, we have so much in common. We've legendary brothers who we can bring down to earth fairly, fairly quickly. Um, pretty loyal, fantastic guys with really great families. We're very, very lucky. But also there's a huge sense of humour thrown in with it all. Um, super proud. But I think, you know, you've given me and people listening in a brilliant insight into the Shefflands. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, Susan, you're so welcome. Well, I really enjoyed that chat with Cecilia today. And it's worth noting, as well as the day job, Cecilia is a mindfulness facilitator. Um, whilst we didn't talk about it, it's no surprise that she has her own mindfulness business on the side. It's also great to know that she has made a full recovery and is in really good health. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the chat. Feel free to review, let all your pals know and see you next time. Considering the role technology will play in the future of education is now a key focus for school leaders. At Exertus Ireland, together with Microsoft, we're here to support schools every step of the way with powerful tools to help create brighter futures. Talk to us today about solutions for your school. Visit exertus.ie forward slash Microsoft Teaching and Learning. Exertus.ie forward slash Microsoft Teaching and Learning.